Hi, this is Peyton with Girls Gone Right, and we have Samuel Smiley, host of The Black Box, here with us today. How are you doing, Sam? I'm well. I'm so excited to have you on this show. I saw some of your reels on Instagram, and I think that's how we got connected. Yeah. I saw Sky Corbin repost some of your things, mm-hmm. and I just liked that you really focused on culture yeah. and you know reacting to things. We actually reacted to the same reel. It was that girl that was uh, experienced a masculine man for the first time when oh, she went on a God. date with him. You're totally right. Guys, I went on a date this week and I felt the feminism leaving my body. I live on the east side of LA and if you don't know what that means, it's sort of like the artsier part of LA, you know? It's it's people say it's like Brooklyn and New York. Like, So I go on dates with a lot of men and women who, you know, live over here. There's always a negotiation about who pays and that's great. I like to pay for people, all that. But what I will say is that I sort of fell into going on a date with the most guys guy I've ever been on a date with. And he's from West West, you know, Santa Monica. He's a bro, right? A guys guy is usually not my type. Like, I cannot remember the last time that I went on a date with, like, a straight bro's bro. You know what I'm saying? Yes, queen, yes, queen, yes, queen. But it befell me. It befell me in an organic fashion. So I'm on this date with this guy. And the thing about a guys guy is he's putting his card down. He's paying for everything. And I really just, it sort of activated something feral in me. I'm not going to lie. He went to like another bar and he went, he was going to go to the bathroom. So I was getting prepared to pay for our drinks because he's been paying all night. Of course, I'm going to pay for the next round. But as he's going to leave for the bathroom, he turns to me and he hands me his credit card and he goes, here's my card. Get us whatever. This feels awesome. This feels fantastic. It might be time for me to get away from all these, you know, liberal snowflakes on the east side. So what are just your overall thoughts on just that topic? Just on that topic? I mean, it's funny. On that topic, I feel like where she is coming into contact with somebody Mm -hmm. who basically is saying, hey, here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to take care of you. Yeah. And for some reason, she's never experienced that. To me, that's just shocking. Yeah. That she lives in this world where she wants to not be taken care of like that. That's Mm -hmm. the first thing that comes off my head. I'm like, does that make you weak? Do you think that that makes you less of a person or a woman? Be with a man like that? And sometimes... It appears that that is. It's like, oh, if he takes care of me, then I don't have anything to offer. You have plenty to offer, but it may not be your finances. Mm -hmm. Because most guys don't care when women make a lot of money. We actually would actually prefer you not to just because we don't want to have another person we're fighting with. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like it'd rather be a situation where we're a team and we can actually go in the same direction. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that it doesn't matter to men that they make a lot of money. I saw, I think it was Michaela Peterson that was talking about, like, when... Uh, when women are super, super successful, it's actually kind of a turnoff to men in the sense of like financial, like that is their goals is like something heightened success culture of yeah. like, I want to make X amount of money. That is kind of a turnoff to men. And I think it's genuinely because like when you fulfill your gender role, like when a man does it, we all know that men are, you know, masculine. They're supposed to be providers. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be protectors. Mm-hmm. And when a man steps into that and fulfills it, that's super attractive. Yes. But when a girl does it, it's like, mm, that's not really attractive because that's not your gender role. Well, you know why it's also not attractive? It 
creates a world in which then we're sitting there going, okay, what is it about this woman that, and here's the thing, let me go back a little bit, my story. So I come from like the pop music industry. Mm -hmm. And so I was also part of that movement of even the, at the moment when it was like free the nipple, the whole thing. Cause yes. I was like, that's good for me. Great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like guys are like, yeah, please yeah, like, take, take your shirt off. Be, you want to be looser? You may want to make it easier. You want to wear less? Me? Great. Great. All right. We're, we're very visual anyway. Yeah. Men, that was like the first time men are like, we're going to women's marches. We're like, Let's go. Yeah, we're like, I'm a feminist too. Yeah, yeah sure. But. But anyway, <laughs> the truth of it, and honestly, most masculine men, uh, despite what uh, modern world believes, a true masculine man is actually a feminist. <laughs> People don't actually realize this. Feminism, true, femi true, a true feminist wants to protect women, wants to lift them up, wants to keep their world their world. We don't want people infiltrating it. We want to protect it. But what has happened is that movement got perverted and now it is something else. It becomes a man-hating group. Anyway, but get, mm -hmm. to get back to your point. What happens is when a woman is intentionally only going for money, it also means that she has to go into her masculine nature, uh -huh. which makes her also a leader. The problem with this is if you have a man, which we all know that most women want to be led, it doesn't mean they want to be controlled and people get that misconstrued. No, they want someone to go, hey, I'm, I'm actually on the right team here. This guy's going to fend for us. He's going to mm -hmm. take care of my family. Because we all know innately that when, if you or another one was to have children, you're going to need to make sure that you partner with somebody who can protect yeah. and provide. So when you get in that situation where, oh, I've already got all the money, well, then where is my value? And so men have to find that value. But mm -hmm. a lot of us, we want to be that stature, as you said, that stone in the house, that stone in the wall. And a lot of times that that woman who already is like, no, I'm going to be a stone. I'm going to be stoic and hard. It's like, well, if I'm getting all these muscles and I'm working out and I'm getting ready for, to go out and hunt, mm -hmm. I don't want to date another hunter. Yeah. I don't want to marry another hunter. I need a gatherer. I need somebody who's going to be more free flowing. I need somebody who's going to calm me down because mm -hmm. every 15 minutes, a man is hit with testosterone uh, scientifically. So that's really something to know right there. Hormonally, we are already in 15 minutes. I'm going to get excited again. Mm. In 15 minutes, I'm going to get w more energy. That's my innate nature. Yeah. Why would I want to partner with them? And so typically I don't want to settle. I don't want to go home to that. I want to find that in my partnership and business, but I don't want to go home to that person. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. It's like a partnership, right? Like yes. that's what relationships are. And I think it's about finding someone like you don't want to find someone exactly like you. I think that's actually like, it leads to very toxic relationships. Yes. Like I have talked about this before, but I'm like, would I actually go on a date with myself? I would hate going on a date with myself because I don't want to go out with someone just like me. Like I have too much energy. You'd be a I'm a little with chaotic. Yourself. You'd oh be yeah, with we would get in. A, we would have a wild night. Yes. It would be so much fun. But fun. I would never want to sit across the table from myself at dinner because I know that I'm like my energy levels up here. Mm -hmm. I I say things and I'm just like a little abrasive. Like I don't know. I just know I'm too much and I'm like Correct. two of me going on, on a date with myself. Right. I would never date myself. And that's not to say because people are like you should be what you're looking for like i think i have great qualities for myself as a woman but i yeah. would never want to like date someone that's exactly like me i yeah. want someone that's complimentary yes and can calm me down well with that point in taking it back to money for a second there's nothing wrong with being with a woman who wants a luxurious life mm -hmm. or wants prosperity wants abundance the thing is is that 
if I'm with you, I'm the guy who goes, I can't be with somebody who doesn't want abundance mm-hmm. because I want abundance. So if someone thinks rich people are evil, well, we're going to have a problem because mm-hmm. I believe myself to be rich and I'm going to be even richer. <laughs> so it's going to be a problem. So you still have to have something that you identify with mm-hmm. as you stay. But it can't be that we're both driving the vehicle. Have you ever yes. seen two people try to drive a car? <laughs> They're going to die yeah. because it's not going to work. Yeah. And so what happens is people get in this life and they go, well, we, we, we both drive. It's like you don't drive the same things, though. Mm-hmm. For instance, a man may be like, hey, we're going to raise the children this way. The wife may, be, may say, OK, OK, we're going to raise the children this way. But however, here's how we're going to chastise the children. Yeah. And they have to come to the agreement or here's how we're going to have the house organized. And they have. To, and here's the neighborhood. And, and so like. They have to, a true masculine man understands that there is servanthood behind Mm -hmm. everything he does. And most people miss out on that. And so when you get this toxic masculinity, as people talk about what they're really saying is that, oh, I have had the experience of being with a man who knows how to serve and be served. Mm -hmm. But because they themselves don't know how to serve a man, they just go, ah, you know, and they go crazy. Yeah. So you said toxic masculinity. I feel like this is like true for like, even feminism as well, toxic femininity. Where do you think this toxic masculinity comes from? Because I feel like toxic femininity comes from, you know, this lie that we were sold Mm -hmm. that women need to be more than men and like need to compete with them in the same areas. And like women just have it in them because of these movements, because of the pro-life movement, because of free the nipple, like they feel like that they are a victim. It's the victim mentality. So where do you think the toxic masculinity? First off, great question. But let's take it even further. Right. Mm -hmm. So what you just named is the results Mm -hmm. of something. But even the movement itself is not the culprit. Mm -hmm. The culprit is the father being taken out of the home. When you remove the father out of the home, you in, immediately, if you have like a table that has two pillars, you've just unbalanced it. And so the father would be there to say, here's how you respect men. Here's how you see it. Here's the value of men. When you remove that, then that's what creates these movements where people go, well, my dad was beating this woman. Well, maybe he came from a fatherless home yeah. and all of that. So typically it leads to a fatherless home. What happens a lot of times um, with what creates uh, even the toxic masculinity is no men. If you go to see men who are violent, typically they don't have a strong father. Mm-hmm. Almost always. It's really wild. Even 70, I think it's the statistic is 75 to 80 percent of single parent households who are raised by their mother end up in the juvenile system or in wow. prison. however, who were raised by their father are successful Mm -hmm. if they're only raised by a single father household. So what does that mean? Well, that means technically you would have been better off being raised by your father in a single family household. Why do you think that is? (laughs) What do you think that like fathers bring to the table that mothers, I mean, like, I I know that there's a difference, but like if, why why can a man raise uh, someone sing like by themselves and not women? Women are there to nurture. Men are there to raise. Mm -hmm. Why? Well, go to the gym with me, you'll find out. But the point is, you understand what I'm saying, because I know you're in the gym as well. Mm -hmm. The gym teaches, everyone should be in the gym. They'll learn a lot about themselves. But here's what happens when you have a father or you have a mother. A mother, mothers have great hearts and they Mm -hmm. have empathy, but they're also 
a giant part of the problem. Mm-hmm. A giant part. And this, even when I say it, I'm just like, oh, gosh, do I really want to say this? But I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> they're, they're part of the problem because their empathy has no gauge. Yeah. It is limitless. If you remember, That's so true. did you come from a two parent household? Yes, but my parents were actually divorced. Okay. Um, so that was already bigger. when you were born? Um, I was like two years old. Okay. And so they raised me like I had a single mom for a while before she got remarried, and I had a single dad for a while before yeah. he got remarried. Yeah. So, so I they kind of parented situation. Yeah, but it was really interesting because I feel like I kind of like got to see what it's like, you know, because like half the week I have a single parent. Yes. Type thing. Yeah. Um, so it was really interesting to see, like, and I completely agree with you on the empathy thing because my dad, like, not that my mom didn't instill values in me, but I think my dad was more so like laid the hammer down. Yes. Like my mom was like the comfort. Yes. And like, that's how it should be. The mom my tries dad. to be, the yeah. mom tries to be friend, friend mm-hmm. before it's time. Yeah. Which are also in therapy and you can, anyone can look this up. It's called, um, what happens a lot in relationships. I'm sure it happened in, in even your mother, mm-hmm. um, mother and daughter relationship or possibly even mother and, uh, or excuse me, daughter and father relationship is what they call parental incest. Mm-hmm. Now, sounds worse than it is. <laughs> it's still terrible, but it means on an emotional level. What happens even in a two parent household is the mother can typically confide in the son he goes or the daughter and says yeah i wish that your dad was like this and i wish that he did this and they take mm-hmm. all the problems and they pour it's like it a friendship it. yes and that's why it's called that's why it's parental mm-hmm. incest because that relationship should never be yes you should be taking all those romantical issues to your partner mm-hmm. not the children not the children ever yes and this is what happens so when you have mm-hmm. the dynamic it Makes a lot of sense yeah. where, where, how you get these girls who go, men are bad because what they're really having is they're having this unresolved anger from their mother that she put mm-hmm. on them about their father. And now she's yes. taking that and taking that into the world. Yeah. And now she has a preferred view of men. Yeah. No, I 100% agree on that. And I feel like I have not looked at it in that way. But like, also, it's like, it's innate for women to bond through conversation and stuff like that. So I think that's like, even in motherhood, you kind of take that, right? Like women bond over conversations in gossip. Like that is the number one thing that women will go out and do. And for men, like it is statistically that um, there was like they did a bunch of studies on like how men and women connect. And basically a man, like when they walk into a bar to go meet their friends or a restaurant, men sit like side by side. Right. right. Like and then women sit right across from each other because they want to look at each other in the eyes. They want intimacy. Yeah. And they when the conversations are gossip and guys like they never talk really about their personal relationships or like the details of a fight. And they got it is, it's, in a, it's in a joke. Cause in a jab, yeah. it's like it's quick. Yeah, women will give every single detail about an argument they had with their boyfriend, yes. and a guy was just like, the guy would just be like, oh yeah, we got in a fight last night, but whatever. And then they talk about sports or something. Right. Like men bond, unless it's really terrible. If yeah. it's really terrible, a guy will completely divulge what's going on because he is like, okay, my back's against the wall, mm-hmm. I need help. But here's the thing about what you're saying: we are all natural recruiters. Mm-hmm. If you're recruiting for good or for evil, yeah. You're a natural recruiter. So, but women, because of the empathy thing that we're talking Mm -hmm. about, right? It makes it easy for them to Mm -hmm. recruit and go, hey, come to my side and complain. And also, the other thing about human nature is we are natural to complain. We're naturally innate to to go towards complaining and Mm -hmm. looking at the negative because the negative really is able to capture our our attention very easily. So we have to dissociate ourselves with that energy. 
The other thing that you mentioned about, uh, which I think is interesting, uh, we were just talking about this this week. Um, and I said, you know, imagine I was on the phone with my mom, actually. You know, so I'm going to be writing this book um, and I can't give the title away yet, but it's going to be a game changer. And I want to come back on and talk about oh, yeah. it. Um, but you'll, you'll see. Uh, but the one thing about it is when I got into my uh, new relationship, we've been together four years. Mm-hmm. I was in a really long relationship before. I'm talking about long, 14 years, 13, 14 years. Yeah. And the one thing I realized coming out of that, this has been my, I say, I call it um, my, I call her my best friend, but I also say this was my experimental relationship because I was able to take a lot of theories that I had Mm -hmm. and go, let me test this out. Let's just see what happens. And I love it because now I come with a lot of information that I am going to share. The one thing that you said though, about men and women uh, gossiping. Mm -hmm. All right. You ready for this? Imagine a world where women got together and intentionally talked about what they liked about their partner. Imagine a world where they did have things that they were upset about, but they intentionally went, hey, Peyton, you know, Tim just did this like amazing thing. And and it doesn't mean that they're lying. They really have thought intentionally about the positive things about this person. What do you think would happen in that relationship? I feel like people would kind of like have in their dating it. relationship. Oh, in their dating relationship. Yes, in the I, person who brought intentionally found positivity mm-hmm. and brought it to their friend instead I, of complaining. Oh, I feel like in their in that relationship, it would just be you know so much more pop. Like, you, would you not appreciate that person more by looking at all these positives? Like, you wouldn't because I feel like sometimes your girlfriends they'll they get angry for you and they yes. get you worked up and they're like, screw him. Like, you deserve better. Yes, and that is such a line that your friends will feed you. Yes, you deserve better. And yes. then sometimes the friend is in the wrong because this person may not actually deserve better. Correct. Like they know that their friend <laughs> is not that great, and they're like, girl, you deserve better, and the friend does not deserve better. Yes. I'm like, no, you're you need to be better. The average person especially girls unfortunately i will say this men when it comes to peer to peer Mm -hmm. men lie less yeah just a fact men lie less they have less to prove yeah women however and they're less emotional so i feel like there's less risk when you tell the truth because because when you have so much empathy Mm -hmm. i believe your chances of lying goes up yeah because you don't want to hurt the other. Your girls are always thinking about feelings. And like, that's the problem. That's where a lot of fights come from yes. in relationships is that guys will say something and girls will be like, oh, that hurt my feelings. Why would you say that? But it's because guys don't focus on empathy all no, the time. Like no. they're not. We're focused on the solution. We're focused yeah. on, hey, this thing that's making yeah. you cry is not this. It's yeah. not this moment. Let's go underneath And then it. girls get upset because they're like, you didn't care about my emotions or you said that and it hurt yeah. my feelings. And guys are like. I don't know why that hurt your feelings. Like, I'm sorry, I was just telling you. And and you can balance it. I've Mm -hmm. tested this out, which is you can take a moment and go, you know, I understand. I think I would feel the same way in your shoes. Mm -hmm. It's not a lie. It's not saying I understand how you feel. Yeah. That's a lie. (laughs) But I understand I would probably feel the same way Mm -hmm. if I was you. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, the woman goes... That's what I need to hear. Yeah, Thank you. Like, that's literally all. That's what I need to hear. And then once you have validated that emotion, now you can come around and say, when they're ready, all right, what do you want to do about it? Mm-hmm. Do you want to continue this? I remember my mom would complain about the same thing over and over and over again with my dad. And I, one day I just had to stop it. Mm-hmm. And I said, because I realized that I had created my own emotions for my father. And my yeah. parents are still married 30 
Wow. Eight, 39 years. They just celebrated and they're about That's amazing. 40 years next year. And it is, it is. It's <laughs> definitely amazing. And they've been through a lot to get there, which is understandable because they're human. But I remember telling him once, I said, hey, did you tell him that? You know, yeah. you're coming to tell me. I wish your father, have you told him that? Oh, he doesn't listen. Is that Okay. So, but have you told him? No, I haven't told him. It's yeah. Like, okay. Well, then what, what do you want out of this? You just want empathy. You just want to be heard. It's like, I understand. I would feel that way too. Mm-hmm. So then I, I use that. And then I say, okay, now let me give you some instructions. Here's how you go to your partner. Here's how you go. And this is interesting. I don't think I would have this if I didn't have that 14 year relationship, mm-hmm. but she and other married people listen to me, which is interesting <laughs> because I've never been married. But when you have time vested and you are a student of life, you still end up coming out with things that help people. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I 100% agree with that. I feel like it's people telling their problems to everyone else except the person that they should be having that conversation right. to. It's like they want to reflect this everywhere. And to deal with the problem, you're telling everyone but that one person that you need to have the conversation yes. with. Like and you should never, honestly, I made a rule, and this would be in the book, you never tell, try to, mm-hmm. I would say 99% of the time, never tell anyone what's the, the problems that are inside of your relationship. Yeah. Outside of, like, really, really vested counsel. And vested mm-hmm. counsel is this, and I'll, and I'll talk about how to choose the friends and family for this, but that is a therapist. Mm-hmm. One that is the one that holds you accountable, not someone who's just a yes person. Yes. Some people go to these. The fluff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay away from the fluff. The fluff will have you in divorce court. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> two, then the other people are maybe a minister or someone. But again, even then, they have to be tested as well because mm-hmm. sometimes they may have certain wounds that they're bringing to you and they're like, oh, I. I, I yeah, they use their past. Yes. And so you want to be careful about that. So once you figure those two out, okay, you keep those outside of that. It's just you and your partner. Mm-hmm. And if you guys have to go at it, you go at it. Jordan Peterson even talks about this. about the I contest. love Jordan Peterson. Yeah, same. And but he talks about how you do have to contest in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like people think, oh, you know, and that's why people, so you have these people who get divorced and you go, they never argue. It's like, that's, that's why they're, that's yeah, why they're not together. Yeah, it's not, they, there's like, it's, it's not normal to not argue. Like at that point, you're just complacent and you don't care enough to like bring up the argument. Mm-hmm. But there is a way to have healthy arguments. And I feel like yes. this is a really important thing that a lot of people don't know how to have because they don't know how to have confrontation anymore. Mm-hmm. The second you don't agree with someone, a lot of people feel like they would just want to walk away. Yes. And it's like they haven't healed their personal trauma. Like whatever it is, they're, they saw their parents fighting growing up yes. or whatever happened because it's it's really your childhood years that you develop the these time. habits. Yes. So when people don't know how to argue, it's because like they they saw their parents fight all the time and like, you know, maybe mom would leave and storm out of the house and not come back for days or something like that. We learn and, like, how to lie fear. in form. Yeah. We lie we lie really well. And parents actually teach us to lie to them. They teach us to conform and lie. Now, even in the church, and here's where it gets really crazy. You ready for this? <laughs> there is a there is a disease in the church even. In the Christian church and mm-hmm. the mosque or whatever, wherever yep. proclivity of religion people have. And here's what it is. When you tell people or make people conform to just look like, just look mm-hmm. what I want you to look like, just be what I want you to be, what you end up creating is a monster. You create a secret little monster because now they're going to do whatever they have to to present themselves mm-hmm. as, as as if they are. Yeah. But behind the scenes, you have no idea what's cooking yeah. because you have now created an environment 
in which they cannot be authentically true in their wrong or their right. And then what happens is they present that same false self to God. And mm-hmm. God goes, I can't receive you. Yeah, God knows Because he your knows heart. your heart. Yeah. But the problem is we as leaders and as people, when we don't create those environments for people mm-hmm. to go out and say, here's who. Okay, let me give you a scripture that we, that we both know. Why was it that it said to confess your faults one to another? And how many churches do you know that actually do this right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know of any, like, because, you know, it's the Catholic church, church that does the confessions, but like Christian church doesn't do confessions. And like, and I agree with you, the fact that we want to present something, but I think the reason why you should confess your sins to one another is because like, first of all, you have to admit, like, I think that's, that something that's the wrong. accountability. Yes. And like, once you tell someone, then it's like your friend is going to be like, Hey, like I, you know, if this isn't what you want, like it's like the accountability thing. But I also think it's like the fact of like, you know, showing that you're human mm-hmm. and it's like grace, like, yes. because if you're not giving grace, like you can be like, Oh, well, Christians are so graceful, but like, where are you actually giving that grace? Are you saying that you're graceful or like, you know, where's this grace coming from? Where's the, where the opportunity about? for grace? But also yeah. even further, where's the opportunity for the person to now free themselves mm-hmm. and have the empathy of not being judged, but saying, yeah, yeah bro, you're, girl, you're human. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's talk about this. But here's what happens instead. Because of the guilt mm. and because of the judgment that is cast on people, what they do instead is they're, let's say, I'm going to use this crazy <laughs> little book here. <laughs> let's say, I'm not going to tell them what this book is. <laughs> this stupid book. Anyway, uh, let's say they're, they're, they're looking and they're um, looking at, you know, porn or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're secretly uh, invested in this and they got their phone. Yeah. Well, what happens is because they don't have the freedom to go and say, hey, I'm struggling with this or, hey, I'm having this yeah. issue in this area. That thing acts like a cancer. Mm-hmm. And it grows and it bubbles and it bubbles and it bubbles. And this is what my book is mainly about, which is what it's it's basically what would happen if we lived in a world and your world, you yourself, you live in your own world. Right. Mm-hmm. I, this is my first time meeting you. And you live in your own world and you're the movie star of your world. But what if you decided to make your world a world of honesty? How yeah. then could you present yourself to God, especially if you were completely authentic to your partner mm-hmm. and you're like, hey, you know, I, I was watching this. And your partner had the maturity yeah. and had the empathy to go grace in the grace to go yeah. to here's the thing. The great when people go, well, what kind of grace should you have? The same grace you would give yourself. Mm-hmm. That's why it says to love your neighbor as you love yourself. But most yeah. people don't focus on loving themselves. So yeah. they don't even know the degree that they, they, they should don't love, love the their broken. It's their yes. You have to. I, I, I used to say this and I didn't, you know, it just made sense to me. Yeah. A drunk person. A drunkard or a person mm-hmm. who has an addiction can never be free if they don't first admit that they have a problem. Mm-hmm. And so what happens at these AA meetings? They all have to go around. Yeah. And they have to say what? Here's my issue. Here, yep. I, I, did I, like, how long have you been sober? Did you, did you break it? Did, like, you have to be and they have, And these are biblical principles mm-hmm. that they understand that we have because of everybody wants to look right. Yes. Everybody wants to look good. Yeah. Everybody wants to have that relationship where it's like, well, my man doesn't look at any other women and my girl's satisfied with everything I'm doing. Yeah. And all of these lies. Like perfect. Everyone's like this per- level of perfectionism, at least to like we know the outside true. world. Like they want people to think that they are. Right. And I think that is like something that is, like you said, it's like in the Christian church too. It's not just like in certain churches that it's like, oh, there's this Everywhere. cancer. But 
it's interesting that Christian churches don't, you don't confess your sins because I feel like, you know what, once you say it out loud, once you say that you've sinned. It pops it like a helium balloon. It's like, you know what? I messed up and like, I am not a perfect Christian. Like there have been times where I'm like, you know what? Like I'm not living. I have to remind myself, like sometimes like, you know, the Nashville lifestyle and stuff, like mm-hmm. I get caught up in like, Imagine you know, you're what you're wearing and who you're with and like who you're hanging out with. And mm-hmm. like, I have to catch myself and bring myself out of that and be like, I'm not living by scripture. Like, why am I, why am I doing this? Like, mm-hmm. it's like almost like you just get so caught up and, you know, everyone sins every day, but like you have right. to be able to admit to those sins. Right. And then also in the same time, when you admit, you have to be willing to change. Like, right. like we talked about earlier, it's like when you are reading the scripture, are you going it's it's in Luke they talk about it like where the scripture Mm. falls if it's going to be on something rocky where a lot of Christians are like this like you said that they say that they're Christian they go to church on Sundays they read the Bible or don't and say they are yeah Or they just like post Bible quotes or it's like the worst thing. They say Christian in their bio on Hinge or on their Instagram. And then it's like the scripture falls on rocky soil, like where they read, they know the scripture, sure. but they don't follow it. Sure. And they give in to temptation because I think that's like something that we're all living amongst is yeah. temptation everywhere. And we're seeing it. I think that's where all of these toxic trends are coming from is that people feel validated to accept ten- temptation when they do. Mm-hmm. They become validated by it because they don't have the morals, like the, the morals and values anymore because they've stepped away from religion. So now they don't have a set of principles. So now they can give into temptation. And I think like, that's a huge problem too. Like I have some friends in my life that I'm like, okay, you know what? Like maybe you shouldn't be living like this. And they're like, who cares? Like I'm young. I'm like, Okay, but like that's what happens when you don't live by yeah. a certain set of principles yeah. anymore because well, now you, you have don't have principles even for yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that you said that because I do think at the same time, like so your friend group there, um, it's like you do have to have a certain level of respect and love for yourself. Yeah. But I think what happens a lot of times, let's say in a romantic situation, what happens is people are afraid that they will not be loved if they admit their faults. Mm-hmm. And it's a lie. Yeah, because they're, who are they loving then? Yes, correct. And then it's like, well, what is fear? Fear is, I heard Tony Robbins said this yesterday, and it was so awesome on this podcast, and he said, fear is ignorance. Yeah. It is ignorance of not knowing what's on the other side. Mm-hmm. And so what is that, and what is anger? Anger also is ignorance. It's ignorance of, okay, Oh, this didn't yeah. go the way I wanted it to go. And it's like, well, what is gratefulness? Gratefulness and um, gratefulness and fear cannot live in the same body. Mm-hmm. Even scientifically, when they made people get angry about something, then they say, okay, now be grateful. That same stimuli cannot live in the same body. Yeah. And so then you think about that and you said to your point, you go, well, Christians will post stuff, but they're actually not living it. Well, they're not living it. Not always because, well, there's many reasons, but one reason that people don't live it is because of faith. Mm-hmm. Faith, they have chosen fear as their embodiment instead yeah. of faith. And every single human being, every single human being is born with faith. We actually know this. It's proven. Um, if you have, you know, I drove here, right? And when I drove here, there is a lane in the middle of the road. And I have faith that this other car is not going to come into my lane. Mm-hmm. And despite if I've ever been in a church or not, I am walking and living in faith. However, yeah. we choose what we want to have faith in. And mm-hmm. we choose it based on sometimes life experiences, but mainly we choose it on what we focus on. Hence why I said when we were talking about this interview, I was like, hey, 
I'm pivoting a little bit with my message because I realize if I only focus on the negative, on the fear, I'm only going to get the same thing back. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people will say, I don't want to be sick. Guess what happens? They're sick. I don't want to be broke. Guess what happens? They stay broke. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be single. Okay, you're probably still going to be single. Instead of calling, the Bible says yeah. to um, such a man thinks, so is he. So what is he saying? He's saying, hey, yeah, you're sinning. Or yeah, you got this addiction. I remember it was Joseph Prince, and I don't know what you think about him, but it doesn't matter. The, mm-hmm. the truth is what he said, which was that this guy was struggling with, um, I think, with a porn addiction, and he couldn't put down the cigarette. And um, he tells him, he says, okay, here's what you're going to do. If you want to do it, every time you get the urge to smoke and he said, light the cigarette, smoke the cigarette. And then as you're doing that, decree these scriptures. And he was decreeing over himself. I am a child of God. Mm-hmm. I am saved. I am free. I am delivered. And every single time he it's went like, through why that, am I doing this now? Well, what happened is the brain, the brain starts saying, hey, we're going to start going in this direction. But he's not. He's just saying it. He's just mm-hmm. saying it. He's just saying it. And he's speaking to his atmosphere. Yeah. And then it's coming back. Well, so many people don't realize the power that they have. And the one thing about faith is we don't really realize how powerful it actually is. We don't really realize that Jesus, I'm going to describe this person, okay? Jesus brought to us, born of a virgin, walks on water, water into wine, brings people from the the dead, right? Delivers girls and guys from demons, heals the lame, heals the blind, goes into this city and is unable to perform a miracle. And what does he say? He says, there is no faith here. The woman with the issue of blood touches the hem of his garment. She says to herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be healed. He turns to her. And most people hear the scripture and we all know it, but we we miss it. And even so, people are going to watch this and they're still going to miss it, unfortunately. He says to her, you woman, your faith has healed you. And we move on. No, no, no. Pause. Your faith heals you. The man who brought who who came to him, the satyrian, says, I have a servant and he's sick and I want him healed. And he goes, Where are you? He said, if you just speak the word, it will happen. Well what happens? He goes, You have great faith. It will be so. It's like I just want to scream it. It's like our faith is our problem. And that's why one of the servants, I forget who it was, he said Pray for my unbelief. He was saying, pray that I increase my faith. But what happens in church or what happens in the world, we have a lot of people walking around who have little or no faith at all. And so they're wondering, they're praying with no faith and they're praising with no faith and they're worshiping with no faith and they're reading scripture with no faith. Mm -hmm. And they wonder, well, what's going on? It's like, Jesus is not the problem. You going to church is not the problem. It's here. That's the problem. He says that the kingdom is here, which means in you is the kingdom. But what's happened is we're looking for all these outside sources. Mm -hmm. And so you'll get these people, the validation. We're like, well, why did Peter walk on water? He walked on water because he saw Jesus walk on water, but he also walked on water because of his own faith. And as soon as his faith went down and he looked around his surroundings, did Jesus make him sink? No, his faith made him sink because his faith went from faith to fear. And we have to remove that. And so even in relationships, yeah. when can when can we have honesty in relationships? When can we have honesty in churches and businesses? When our faith rises and we realize that we can be loved despite our faults mm-hmm. because he loved us anyway. And then only then will we be delivered and free. Yeah. 
I, that is such a good perspective. And I feel like a way that you can utilize this instead of just, you know, knowing it, like ask yourself, am I operating in fear or faith? Yes. Like, is this decision that I'm making? And am I making this decision based on my faith or my fear? Because yeah. I think it's so easy to just fault. And like, we all have faults too. Yes. And I mean, like I've, I've been said, yeah. I, I, I am dying to myself daily. Yeah. It's like, okay, so Paul still has a sin issue. If, yes. if you read the Bible, they're all sinners, <laughs> yes. right? Like we all sin. Yeah. And I think it's like even Abraham, or Abraham, like he was willing to sacrifice his only child. Like that, yes. when I read that story like that, honestly, like broke my heart in the best way because Abraham didn't have his child until he was 90, his only, his son with his wife yes. until he was 90. And then God said, you have to sacrifice that child. Yes. So he takes his his only son up to the Isaac, mountain and it yeah. goes to Isaac up to the mountain and goes to sacrifice him. And then the angel says, like, nope, you actually don't need to sacrifice right. him. But it was like the faith that you were willing to do whatever, like the obedience and your faith that you yes. had in God, that you were willing to do that much, even though this is your only son. Like he, he didn't even question like, hey, God, like, are you sure about this? Like, no. mm, I don't want to do this. Like he could have easily just been like taken the goat and been like, here you go. Like, sorry, yeah. I'm not doing this. But like he believed in God so much. Yes. And I think that's kind of how you have to operate in life is like blind faith. Like you can't worry about anything else going on and the, yeah. anything else that is going on in the outside world of like, what are these people going to think of me? Because I think I have really experienced it. I mean, living in Nashville, like the friends that I have made, like I've had really, really good friends, but like I've been in friend groups where I get judged because like, they're like, you're not being very fun. Like we want to go out and do this. And then like, but I'm like, Hey, you know what? I'm just not that interested in doing that. And like, I operate when I'm like choosing my faith in that moment, they judge me because they're like, Oh, like that's not fun. I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Like, it's not, it's It's like I sat in on new year's and I'm like, Hmm, I really, I want want my skin to, do I want my skin to be dry because I'm drinking or yeah and like honestly like yeah sometimes you just have to make a choice for yourself and and honestly to your point what does it matter yeah we're we have 60 to 90 years on this line it doesn't matter if i'm like i I mean i'm gonna start trying to claim uh, i'm getting my face to start claiming 120 but it's like what does it matter? You're, we're not going to be here forever. This is not yeah. our forever home. And what happens is sometimes we're, we're worried about, you know, we got our W2 and we're like, well, should I tell people I'm writing a book? Should I tell people? Like, what does it matter? Have faith. No one thinks you're jinxing yourself. Like, no, have faith that it's going to work out. Yeah. Have faith that your podcast is going to blow up. Have faith that you're going to touch mm-hmm. people and encourage people. Like crazy faith is what they call it, right? Faith. Like, but crazy faith is really just don't look at the negative. That's mm-hmm. all it is. If we could just take, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, when Lot's wife, I believe it was, turned and looked back at the city. If we could just say, you know what? Look at the city as anything negative. What do I mean by negative? Anything that says, well, it's not going to work out. Or what if it doesn't? No, no, no. What if, what if God doesn't save my son Isaac? No, no, no. That's not what he did. Mm-hmm. All he did was say, he had an abundance mindset. God's going to take care of it. Abraham was abundant because he believed in abundance. He's kept his mind yeah. and his eyes on it. Joseph did it as well. All these amazing men. Yeah. Um, and Esther. And there's so many people. But uh, the, even with the story of Joseph, you know how long Joseph was in jail? Most people don't realize this. Mm. 14 years. Wow. 14 years. Everybody's like, oh, and Joseph was the right hand of Pharaoh. Yeah. Yeah, he was yeah. in prison for yeah. 14 years. And it's like... <laughs> People think but that he never took his eyes. No. His eyes was never on the shackles. Yeah. His eyes stayed on the faith. The faith. God. And I think that people 
you know, people that aren't Christian look at Christians and they're like, oh, like they think they're perfect on all of this. And the Bible, like, you know, it holds everyone to this high standard. But if you look at the Bible, Jacob was a sinner. Like they started as sinners, like not everyone's perfect, but it's the matter of like, you know, your breaking point. Like what is going to break your heart enough to want to put that faith in God instead of living in sin and and temptation? And I think this can be especially relevant. Like, I don't know, like I've just like, you know, had this pivotal moment of where I stopped drinking. I stopped like going out with my friends and doing all these things because last weekend I went out with my friend and I was at a bar and I'm like not really drinking right now. Like Mm -hmm. just taking a step back. I'm like sitting there. I'm like, what am I doing here? I don't want to be here. Mm. And like, I don't want to go out. Like, I want to go home is what I want to do. Yeah. I like told my friend, I was like, listen, I'm going home. And she got really upset because she's like, you're not fun. Like, you're so lame now. And I'm like, I'm lame. First off, for what kind of friend is this? <laughs> yes. And that's when I I'm like, I think it's like. Because I have friends. I, look, I love going. I, I When I go to certain cities, yeah. I'll, I love going with my girl. We'll go out and dance. Mm-hmm. I love dancing. I, I probably will always dance. Yeah. Um, as long I, as long as I can keep moving, I'm like, I'm going to claim it. I will always be able to dance. At 90, I'm going to be dancing. I'm like, man, he's, yeah. he's doing a good cha-cha for his hips. <laughs> but my point is, the idea that someone thinks they can control mm-hmm. you is where I have the biggest problem. It's yeah. not so much you going out. I've been out and ministered to people. The Holy Spirit will tell me, hey, I'll literally, I remember one time I was on DeMombrian, mm-hmm. uh, you know, street. <laughs> yes, I was on DeMombrian and I'm walking out of this bar and I hear, feel, hear, hear the Holy Spirit, feel the Holy Spirit and it says to speak to this, and I speak to this girl, she's about to go with her friends. And I said, hey, stop running. And she's wow. like, he said, I know what you, you remember what you came here for. Stop running. He said to stop running. She starts crying. She, and the girl's like, her friend's like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, he just told me everything. Like, you, you told me exactly what I needed to hear. Wow. And she's out there on the middle of the street and it's one o'clock in the morning. And then she goes, oh, all right, all right. And I just go on my path. And so it's like, sometimes you're there. So sometimes what I tell people is like, ask, why are you where you're at? Mm-hmm. Because you never know why God has you yeah. where you're at. You never I know. I've been to Nashville. Mount Street needs more of that. And I feel like, honestly, yeah. like, that's a very powerful way to look at it. And I was literally sitting in this bar and, like, I'm like, I, you know, my friends, like, live a different lifestyle in Nashville. And I think also, like, that's, like, probably I need to have friends that are supporting. And I do have friends that support I my faith. But, like, you know, I, I also am just, like, I tend to be friends with everyone. And, like, sometimes, <gasps> like, they don't always align exactly with, like, my my religious beliefs and, and my happen. political beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, that was just, like, my experience of it. And, like, I think this is, like, the first time where I'm, like, you know what? Like, I'm done. Like, I don't know if this is what I want anymore because, right. like, I actually, like, need to be strong in my conviction and, right. like, follow the scripture. And, like, unfortunately, like, I don't want to be doing any of this. Like, this right. is just not leading me closer to my faith. This is not good for, like, what is, how is this serving us is what I'm wondering. Yeah. And I'm, like, sitting there in this bar in Atlanta. And is it, and I'm, like, is it towards abu- is it towards abundance? No, like, or is it towards just, depreciating your body? Yeah, I'm, like, this can't seem great. So I'm, like, sitting there because I'm, like, you know what? Like, I don't even want to be here, but I will mm-hmm. just, like, sit. And it was, like, also, like, a, she had, like, some family there, too. So it was, okay. like, kind of, like, a family party. And then I was just, like, you know what? Like, I'm calling it quits. Like, I want to go home. But I was, like, sitting at the bar and we talking. How to long from when you got there to when you left or when you wanted to leave oh i'm like i think it was so basically it was like, like a, was it 10 minutes it was a like, family event okay. and then we went to this bar and then the family like left and my friends like i want to stay and go out more and like it was like late at this point like 2 a.m and i'm like i am done like it was fine because it was a family event and now i'm like it's 2 a.m yeah. nothing good happens after that you i want to totally go, home. Be able to go home. yeah and my friend was just like you know you're lame and i was like that honestly she has a heart issue yeah and i'm just like wow honestly like i'm like and we're really good friends so like to me being told that i'm lame and it's interesting 
I hear more of this. I do hear it from certain guy relationships, but very mm-hmm. not. Hmm, it's not common. Not in my groups anymore. Yeah. But here's why. I only hang out with, I was about to say ballers, but truly, mm-hmm. I only hang out with baller mentality. Like, yes. what, and what I mean by that is, I had a buddy, we were at a Christmas party, mm-hmm. and he was like, um, all right, I gotta go. It's, it's, it was eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm on this now, too, and I'll explain in a second, but he was like, I gotta go. I gotta go to bed. I gotta get up early. I love that. And he just left. I was like, all right, man, love you. Gave him a mm-hmm. hug. He walked out. Some other guys were like, where did, where did that guy go? He's like, oh, he, he bounced. <laughs> no one got upset. They're like, oh, okay. And they went back to their thing. I have heard of these relationships, though, mm-hmm. where, and I think I personally feel like I hear them more from women, which yeah. is very interesting. It's, it's definitely empathy empty mm-hmm. or, or anti-empathy yeah. where it's like they want to control your behavior. Oh, Even yeah. so much in a relationship where we're talking about when, um, oh my God, we got to get back on that. <laughs> but um, even so much where the fact that she's like, you're lame mm-hmm. to basically, it's an immature, immature, it's a very immature stance as yeah. well on her part to use words to demean you mm-hmm. in order to control you. And it's good. And I want, and I'm saying this specifically because yeah. I want you to really clearly see the manipulation in it yeah. and how people will intentionally. And honestly, I've had many people do that. I was a praise and worship leader mm-hmm. um, for many years. And sometimes that would even happen there where yeah. it's like, well, you're this. And so you have to do this. And it's like, hold on. Yeah. I don't have to I don't do have to do anything. anything. And that's why literally are you what doing I said. This? I was like <laughs> and I was like in that moment I was like, you know what? <laughs> like everyone else was drinking, I was like and I told her, I was like, I, I don't have to do anything that you actually tell me to do. I was no. like, and honestly, I'm like, that is like, and and like that kind of just like changed everything about our relationship in that moment. Because I'm like, you're going to look at me and like, tell me I'm lame and I'm not fun anymore. Because like, you know, I want to, I want to go home and I want to make good choices. And you don't like those choices anymore right. that I'm making for myself. Correct. Now you don't like that. Right. And you think that I'm lame. And a true friend and a good friend. Yeah. Would be like, honors good you. for you. Yeah. Like you do like, you. Okay. Love you, ma'am. Yeah. See you later. Yeah, I want my friends to or, make choices. Or, you know what? Yeah, I, I'm done too. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't have to be this. It's, and honestly, I, and this is maturity on my part too. And I'll mm-hmm. take credit. I'll take my own self <laughs> through this reel that I'm going through. I used to, I believe, even do this in a relationship mm-hmm. where you want someone, and this happens a lot, where you want someone to go where you're going. Yeah. And so you try to force them. Mm-hmm. And you have to ask yourself, whether it's a friendship, a romantic relationship, or whatever, is that actually love? Yeah. Is that love? Yeah, and I feel like that happens. Like, you have to go with me. I can't go alone. Or, like, you never do things with me anymore. And it's like, you know, why are you guilting someone to make, do what you want to do? It's manipulation in it any is. sense. Like, any time that, like, and I mean, we all do it. It's not like oh, yeah, manipulation. Yeah. It's, not, it's not like a, a yeah. foreign thing to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, why are you making someone feel bad about their decision? And I just, like, and honestly, it's, like, made me reevaluate a lot about my life. Because, like, why am I surrounding myself with someone that doesn't appreciate my values? Sure. And so, like, you know, that's a fault on At my least own. she should be i will say this she shouldn't be within your five Mm -hmm. so you know the the, what they say your net worth yeah your network is your net worth so the five people and that's that can be spiritually mentally and physically uh typically it refers to money Mm -hmm. but 
in honestly, a lot of answers when the Bible says that um, money is the answer to all things, it really is true. Yeah. Here's why, though, because when you focus on the abundance is it makes you disciplined and it follows everything else. Mm-hmm. Everything else has to follow in order. Everything has to fall in place. And it's like, oh, shoot. Yeah. My- Health has to be in order. My spiritual life has to be in order because if I'm too angry, if I'm angsty or if I'm whatever, I'm going to, the money's going to go away. Mm -hmm. I'm going to spend more. I'm going to whatever, eat my money, you know, and you're not going to date well. You're not going to marry well. But I want to say something about the friend thing with relationship. There was a point that I wanted to make earlier about when you said um, girls going to their friends and confiding in them. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is not mine, but I have used it. When you are in a relationship, are you dating right now? Are you single? Um, I'm oh, well, let's like, get her situation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, I'm single. Like, literally deleted all the dating apps because I'm like, you know, I found out I was moving a month ago. And sure. I understand. so, like, I was like, you know what? It's like, no, like, I, I'm moving. There's I don't no want to make breaks in, here. Yes. Yeah. So I am currently taking a break from dating. And honestly, it's been really good. Also, um, a quick note of, okay. you know, this might tie into a conversation. But I, like, as a joke, me and my friends made a sign that says, I'm looking for a husband. I don't know, like, a cardboard oh. line and it was like it was a funny thing right like trying to like poke fun at like we're dating purposefully no like and because like a lot of people aren't dating like you know i'll go on dates and i'm like what are you looking for and they're like oh just you know someone to hang out with and i'm like then i don't know why we're here because like Correct. i think like i i, I do appreciate people's home. honesty i would prefer yeah. the yeah. society i want Honest. Yes. I mean, honestly, when I was, okay, I'm going to say this and I'm going to get back to this other point. I'll be, I'll be straight with you. When I was getting out of that long relationship, mm-hmm. I remember I said, you know what? I'm about, I did say this. I said, I'm about to have an F-boy face. Oh, hurt. Oh, yeah. Man, I'm like, I'm about to just, I've been with this person this long. Mm-hmm. There's a beautiful woman out here. I find myself attractive. They find me attractive. And mm-hmm. I didn't last. But the point was, okay. thankfully, yeah. that I was trying to. But what I realized, what was my point here? Honesty. Yes. I remember telling people, here's what I'm here for. Yeah. And they were like, I love you. You're amazing. I mean, like, I do think there's something to honesty. So there's something powerful when you say, here are my intentions. Yeah. And when you say that, people are like, one, Mm -hmm. talk about masculinity. A masculine, you want to be the most masculine man in the world? Mm -hmm. Be an honest man. Yeah. Because it means you're saying... Take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. Here's the truth. Whoa. You're talking about, a str- you also, it also means you have even taken other way, femininity. You have to be a strong woman to know that you're still loved despite your faults. Mm-hmm. A lot of women have a lot of, like most women. Insecurity. Have a lot of insecurity. And guys do too. We just mm-hmm. hide it in different ways. We all have insecurity. However, imagine being honest and saying, here's my insecurity. Mm-hmm. I remember when we got together, me and my girlfriend, I made us, I will say this, I'll take, I should have, mm-hmm. should have did it a different way, but I did. I've made us tell each other everything we've done. Mm-hmm. All the bad stuff. Wow. All everything. That's, that's, <laughs> it is unorthodox, yeah. but here was the reason. The reason I did it was one, because I was like, who the heck are you? Yeah. That was one reason, but it was also to say, what I realized in hindsight is it allowed me to say, you know what? I know everything about this person because I know where I'm going. I know I'm going here. I don't ever want to be here 
And somebody says, did you know your person did this? Yeah. Why would I ever want to do that? Yeah. Especially in this digital world that we live in. I believe that how we can combat the, when people talk about the, uh, what is it, OnlyFans or all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. The way you can combat all of that is to come and say, here's the deck. Here's all my cards on the table. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to love me where I'm at. Yeah. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to say, this is not for you. But why would you want to be in a relationship where somebody know. can't love you yeah. for everything that, that has happened And I think in that causes life? even more fights. Like, I've been in relationships, like, where they... And it causes a deeper love on the opposite yeah, side, they, if I'm you like, were honest. If you, were to, if you would have just told me, things would have happened so much differently. Like, it's like, you're not even giving me the chance to love you. Exactly. Like, give me the chance to, like, know my heart. Like if you, if you love me and you really like you, you know who I am, like, let me use my grace. Like, and I think, so I dated someone in college and it was a really bad toxic relationship, like very crazy and like not healthy at all. And Mm. also I was a liberal. So like, I just didn't make great choices. Um, so had a really toxic relationship and then I dated someone for like a few years and it was like a really good person. And like, he was the one person that showed me grace because I've never had that before, Mm. like in a relationship like Mm. that. Like I didn't get that in my last relationship nor did I give it. So it was faulted oh, on yeah, both sure, sides. Sure. And then I dated someone and they really like, anytime like I would get upset about something, they're like, no, you will sit down and like, you're going to tell me why you're upset. And like, I'm going to give you grace, like whatever it is. And like, that was like really they foreign created to that me. platform and stage. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, that was so foreign to me. It was like, like he would always say like, come to me broken. Like, you're not going to get upset. You're not going to walk out the door. Like, and it was like the first time. And I'm like, and like, it didn't work out, but it was like a good person that I yeah. had a relation. And I'm so glad because it taught me grace and like yes. how to give that. And like to have that like you know have to sit down with someone and be like you know what i messed up or like mm-hmm. i am and upset that shows about you this. that they have that for themselves yeah because i remember when so powerful it's extremely powerful it's that is what the that is love mm-hmm. love is not you did what yeah get out of here like that's not love that's controlling that's manipulation mm-hmm. it's not love and also i remember when uh, me and my girlfriend got together and then i'm gonna eventually get to the story <laughs> but i remember when my girlfriend got together um, we were talking about each other's past and we were finding out stuff about each other and I was like I was like can't do this mm-hmm. and I remember I went to I went to work and I'm sitting at work and I was and I was sitting I was just talking to God I'm just like God I can't I can't do it mm-hmm. I said I can't and I remember I said, I said I can't love this person and he said to me why not wow and why not people go well there's plenty of reasons why. Yeah. No, no, no. Here's what why not meant. Why not in a blink of an eye meant, Samuel, here's you. And I still love you. So wow. why can't you love this other person when yeah. I love you? Follow this. And then, like, as someone might say, they would be like, well, I have standards. And it's like. Correct. And you, and you should have standards. Yeah. Standards doesn't mean someone's past them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even always mean they're present. It can. So, oh, I love this conversation. Standards can mean, hey, here's the direction we're going in. Mm -hmm. But while we're going that direction, I'm going to hold your hand because I know you've never been here. And I know that, you know, she, my, you know, my girlfriend, she comes from a single family household. I know you didn't have a father. So I had to emulate. And I I mean, I do emulate, but Mm -hmm. I'm the, the, a good husband or a good boyfriend to husband. Typically, a woman looks for, people think this is crazy, but it's actually true, and psychology will show you this, look for the father inside 
of their partner. Oh, 100%. And here's how we know. Yep. <laughs> because women will say, you'll be a good father. How do you know? That means that he is able, in some capacity, though, people don't like this language, especially now with the mm-hmm. whole movement, he's able to father you. What does father mean? Lead. Mm-hmm. He's able to lead and correct and nurture and strengthen. And he's also able to protect you from even what? yourself. And that means boundaries. My brother has this giant backyard. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. stupid huge. It's it's too big. But (laughs) he has this giant, I mean, it's like it looks like the equivalent of a football field. Oh my God. And he has this giant backyard and he put this huge fence up. I said, bro, that fence cost easily $20,000. He said, yes, it did. I was like, okay. (laughs) So he has this fence up. But what is this fence? This fence is boundaries. Somebody could look at that and go, you don't love your kids. They're not free to do whatever they want. Mm. This happens in relationships. Why won't your boyfriend let you? He won't let you do this. He won't let you. Why does he care what you're wearing? First off, you dealt your clothing. What would your dad say about, like, you know what I mean? It's like, what would your dad say about (laughs) if I walked out in a certain outfit? My dad would say, you're not wearing that. Go change. Well, and also the dynamics, which someone pointed out to me, which is so amazing, the dynamics of going out. Mm -hmm. The nature of men and women are not the same. So when my, if my girl were to go out versus me going out, no one, now, depending on the city, Actually, I lied. The one time we, we without two girls, did just walk up to me and offer themselves. So they, 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 but it's the anomaly. Yeah. That's not the rule. Yeah. The rule is guys are going to be like, yo, where you give yeah. me your number. Okay, because <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like, who's buying the drinks? Yes. And who are the natural hunters? Yeah. And guys are buying the drinks. Yes. To, typically at to, a bar. Yes. Yeah. It's like, who buys the girl a drink? It's always like a guy coming up to a girl. Always. It's never a girl like coming up to a guy like, hey, can I buy you a drink? No, I mean, unless, unless it's like, you know, like we said. It's so funny. I've had, I've had, I've had a couple of anomaly situations yeah. where I have had people go There's just walk up. There's an exclusion to the rule There's sometimes. There's exclusions, but these, all these are the same people who date the same guys. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not six feet, but I'm in a certain, a lot of men yeah. who, if I wanted to, like I said, I, why did I think, oh, I'm going to be an F-boy? Because I knew I could be. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean, thank, by the grace of God, it's not actually in my yeah. heart to do that because the way I was raised and the, my own... Self-preservation of myself. <laughs> but okay, let me get to this thing. So the one thing about that's interesting about dating, here's another thing that I uh, learned from uh, Patrick Bet David. I love him. Now that's he's, a man. He's phenomenal. And that's I love man. hearing his like wise advice. Yes. And him talking about his personal relationship too. Like that's, that's an ideal well, that's man. I'm going to share with you. So he sits there and he says, he's given this take and he goes, Here's how we, here's who we go to when something, when all, when crap hits the fan, Mm -hmm. because it will for all of us at some point in time, who do we go to? I'm specifically talking about in relationship. And he says, here's what you do. You find people who's going to take the opposite person's side. So if your mom, I'm going to name a guy, Alex, Mm -hmm. if you're dating Alex or you're married to Alex and you and Alex are having problems, your mom's job, her sole job is to take Alex's side. Yeah. All three people that you go to, your confidants, are supposed to hold you accountable. When I would go to my therapist and I would go, hey, you know what? We're having this issue. She would go, okay. What did you do? I understand. Yes. It was always that. It's like, let's talk about you. 
Let's mm-hmm. talk about your involvement here. That's why I said go to the right therapist. Oh. The right therapist is not going to be pointing to them. I am They're going to only point to you. Dolores. And let me tell you. Oh, I, tell me about Dolores. I've, okay. I've been cheated on. And like I was telling Dolores about this because I'm like, you know what? Like I like what? Well, like, why did he cheat on me? Like, why did this? You know, this is what my whole book's about. Yeah. But go ahead. Oh, so I'm like <laughs> telling her, I'm like, I got cheated on. And she's like, oh, my gosh. Like he like, you know, like tell me about him. So I did. And then she's like, OK, so like. What did you like? What did you do to make him cheat on you? And I was like, no one's ever asked me that. Oh. I was like sitting there. I was like, whoa, like okay, it's not about me, Dolores. Like we're talking about him. We're just talking him right now. Um, and it was like honestly, like how did you feel about that? Oh, like I've never been asked. Like were you, know, you offended? No, I wasn't offended. It was more so of just like literally, I've never thought it from that side of like, what did I do? That to there's make two people in the relationship. Yeah, I'm like, what did I? What do you mean? What did I do? I didn't do anything. I found. I found out that he cheated. That's what right. happened. And she's like, no, like, why did he cheat on you? Right. Like, there's a reason. And I was like, whoa. Like, so that was like. Uh, that's how you know it's like a good therapist, right? Because she's asking these questions. Challenging questions. Yeah, that was like really hard because it was reflection too. What was your answer? Um, well, we found, we came to the conclusion and she's like, you're not vulnerable enough. And like, you know, when you don't fulfill that in a relationship, they're going to seek that attention elsewhere. And so like, that was my, I was really literally heartless. thinking, did you set the stage for him to come? You know what? And, like, and then you said, hundred percent. That's why I'm like, I, it's not like, and even when we broke up, it was like, I know that like, I am at fault here. Like, I mean, we both are like, you know, make a good choice. I'm giving you yeah. a high five right now. So like, we honestly, we ended That's things awesome. great, like on a good note and you know, it never like, we didn't have a burn bridge there, but like, I honestly, like it was really hard. Because I'm like, I know that I'm not vulnerable enough. And like, that was something, you know, that's why I'm talking to Dolores. So you're not vulnerable <laughs> enough because of that F word that we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Fear. Yeah. Yeah. What are you afraid of? I don't, I feel like my biggest fear is when it's in relationships and like, I try, I've tried to work on that now. And like, I haven't been in anything serious since then, but I know that I fear like someone's getting to know me mm-hmm. and know me. And it's like that nakedness, right? Like someone mm-hmm. knows you, like, I mean, it, that's, that's what I thought I had with him. Like, I mean, that was the person that I've been most vulnerable with. And it right. was like, if something was going on in a room, he, I could look at him and he's like, Oh, she wants to go. Like yes. he knew me he knew so it. like, like the back of my hand. And I think like, you know, that's even though maybe I wasn't like I could be more vulnerable and that's probably what he wanted. And I yes. didn't, you know, to me, that was the most vulnerable I've ever been. And so like to me, giving that to someone is like almost like, you know, what scares giving, you about is, you know, not having that person. Like, I think it's like, you know, making someone like your home or something mm-hmm. like that, where you feel really close to that person. And then I like you're afraid I, of them gone. You're, yeah. OK, so that's definitely childhood stuff. Yeah. You're you're afraid of. It's your dad. It's, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's your I have, dad. Is your mom. It's, you're afraid of someone leaving? Yeah. I it's, think, like, you know, my parents were divorced, yeah. and I don't know, like, I mean, I had my dad phenomenal. Like, he was great, and, like, he worked really hard, like, as a single dad, and, like, my mom got remarried, and, like, I kind of, like, lived in both worlds, but I think it's, like, I saw, like, the split, and, like, they would kind of, like you know, grow up, like you said, like mom, maybe not saying great things about my dad. Mm-hmm. Like, so I always like saw this like contrast, like they were kind of like fighting, sure. you know, even growing up, like not necessarily fighting, but it was like, they kind of worked against each other sometimes. Yes. Yes. And then when I got older, like now it's a lot better, but like, you know, especially cause like imagine like divorcing someone and having to raise kids with them at a young age, like you kind of have to like deal They're with that. They're still growing up. They're still Yeah. Maturing. It's like, you know, growing up like this. Yes. So like, I don't know. I feel like I've sensed this vulnerability, my relationship mm-hmm. is like, it's really hard. Like, you know, I can sit there and have a dinner with someone and then I realized I'm like wow like they don't know me though and like that's something that I've always struggled to, with too is like I don't want to be with this person because like they don't see me but am I, am I letting but myself are you letting, yeah okay can I am challenge I, you with something yeah okay here's what I'll challenge you with and this is something that I've had to discuss and that I've also practiced and here's the thing 
I agree with you. <laughs> it's my first thing. Totally agree with your point. And I see you're like, you're, you're yeah, I'm you're, like, I'm ready for whatever you're about to tell me. I'm like, oh, what is the challenge? We're going to do it. And I can see that you're tense. Okay. So try to relax and hear this. But here's the thing. Here's the truth. Though vulnerability, if you look at vulnerability from a fear aspect, it will definitely do that. It'll mm-hmm. make you cling up, tighten up, and go, oh, I can't, I can't yeah. do that. But here's the opposite. And here's what I believe is a worse fear. The fear, not to say... We should be leaning towards this. I'm going to spin it in a second. But the fear of never actually loving. Yeah. Because here's the truth. When we lie, because to not be vulnerable, mind you, Mm -hmm. is also lying. We don't see it as that. But it is because you're never really revealing who you actually are, how you actually feel, or what you really bring to the table. But if Peyton... Am I saying your name right? Mm -hmm. If Peyton were to say, hey, here's actually everything. No matter what happens, yeah. when you have to walk away, if you have to walk away, or if it goes into the sunset and, you know, we expire and then go to heaven, mm-hmm. if it's that, at least you'll know. You're not looking back going, did I leave something on the table? Yeah. I gave it all. In my 14-year relationship, the biggest regret that I had was that I didn't present the best person. Mm-hmm. Not a perfect person. Not a perfect person. What's the best version of myself? All of me. Mm-hmm. Honesty. Honestly, like that's like what killed my last relationship was. No, exactly what you're saying. Yeah, like it was like more. You're like you're not giving me enough, and like it was yes. like always like you know I thought that I was, but like sure I think like I'm also like you know rigid, and I don't like I I, but you're I not. yeah I I feel like in you're my bubbly, head you're you're uh, excitable. I, that took like a lot of work okay. myself. Like I I don't think I was always like that. I used to be like very rigid and structured, and like I'm very much a perfectionist. Sure. And, like I've let go. And you of that need those lot. things. You yeah. need those things. And you the thing is yeah the thing is those things are egotistical. Not meaning you're egotistical. Mm-hmm. Those things are from your ego. The advice I got from a um, business manager at some point in time when I was doing music was he told me to fire my ego. He told me to tell my ego. He said some other words, but he said, <laughs> he was great. And I, and I was hurt. But he said, he told my ego to go in the backseat. He actually told me to put my ego in the trunk mm-hmm. and package it up like a suitcase, like a luggage. And I was like, and my ego was my wardrobe. It was my skin. It was everything. I was walking around like, you know, the ego was there. And he said, the ego is only for the stage. Ego is that confidant, that broad shoulders, that let's mm-hmm. go. I mean, even this, we're in our ego mm-hmm. because our ego is that thing that we need to just speak freely. Yeah. But ego should not be driving. And so what happens when that perfectionist that's the ego driving because mm-hmm. what does the ego do? The ego goes, I want to make sure I look like this and I've got to make sure I'm this. And it's like, dude, shut up. Go back mm-hmm. to the trunk. I'm going to be vulnerable and I'm going to realize that I'm going to sit back here, even though I like sitting up here. I'm going to sit back here and go, here's what I did. Yeah. Here's who I am. And guess what? I can still be loved. Yeah. And that's that powerful. is where the power, that's where your power is at. Mm-hmm. Most people think that you're that vulnerability is the weakness no when you are vulnerable it actually restores the god-given ability to be yourself to stand you are vulnerable when you stand up to your friend 
Yeah. That was and, vulnerability. But the ego would have been like, oh, right, I'm just going to stay out here and do, yeah, and I'm just going to drink and yeah. do what I don't want to do. But it was like do. in that moment, it's because I was operating in faith. Like, yes. I wasn't letting my fear make my decisions. And so, like, I think that's like, you know, ultimately, like when you're having personal conversations with someone in a really like you're in a relationship with, it's like, are you going to tell them the truth? based on faith and like what you're feeling or like you go, are you going to operate in fear? Right. Which is like, I don't want them Which to really know Which is another form me. of manipulation. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to reveal who I actually am because yeah. they won't, maybe they won't love me. I, I can't, I can't tell you the many nights, the many, many nights and months and years, mm-hmm. the years I live where I could not truly look at myself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Even when I look myself in the mirror, I didn't really I couldn't love myself mm-hmm. because the guy I was sitting there looking at, I knew, I knew the darkness. Mm-hmm. I knew the secrets. I knew the things I had done wrong. And I knew that though this person was laying on my shoulder and we're out dating you and we're know. going around, I it's know the truth. And I feel like that's honestly that a really good point. Worst. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. That's a it, good point, too, because, like, people think that they can bottle this up and, like, they're like, no one knows. So, like, it doesn't matter. But it's but like, you like you said, know. like, you know, and you have, guess what? Like, you live with yourself for the rest of your life. The rest of your life. No, like, you know, these people may come and go and they might not be in your life forever. Yes. Like, but you have to literally wake up and you don't ever get to leave yourself. You don't get to leave. Like, that's the thing. Like, this is your conscience. People go, people go I'm going to go. It's this relationship. And I, tell, I, I can't say many people have told this. I said. It's you. And like, I, wait till you leave this relationship. You're and, like, taking yourself with you. Literally, I'm like, I left this relationship and, like, I've had to, like, work on this vulnerability thing. Like, yes. that's, like, and when I see people and they're, like, vulnerable and, like, they talk about their trauma, like, you know, I have friends that are just, like, they'll open up and, like, they talk, like, they are, they've, they're okay with it. I'm like, that is, I admire that in people. Yes. Like, I never would look at someone and be like, that's a weakness. What do you think vulnerability is? And I'm going to try to get my thought back. That my therapist literally said, are you... Like, it seems like you're not vulnerable enough. And like, we've, we talked about this issue and I said, yes, no. She's like, were you vulnerable? And I said, yes, I was. And she said, okay, how? And I'm like, mm-hmm. and now it was like a good question. Cause I'm like, you know, like, I mean, I she did, you, in a lie. you know, like, I, yeah. And someone was like, I am vulnerable. And she said, okay, like, explain to me how, like, I was like, you know, I was very open. And she's like, how? Mm-hmm. Like, explain to me what, and I'm like, you know, in conversation, she's like, yeah, but where, what did you say? And it was like, you know, in this runaround, I was like, okay, so like, and that was my realization that maybe I, I thought I was vulnerable because I let this person get really close to me in the sense of like, you in know, proximity. But yeah, proximity and bonding <laughs> and stuff. But I think at the end of the day, like the, so I guess vulnerability to me, like now means now, what is, now yeah. I feel like it means, you know, sharing your traumas and like whatever you've healed and whatever you've been through and like, you know, whatever truths that you're scared of telling someone like that's your vulnerability of like, on oh, this is like kind of like the things that make me who I am. Mm-hmm. I think that's like, you know, going out there and willing to share that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that is you just have to be honest about those things and if you're like willing to hide something like that's that's like behind the wall of vulnerability so like everything has to be outside of that wall in your personal relationship yes correct and that the understanding of that you answered it exactly you answered almost more so how to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. vulnerability i believe is realizing that your truth does not make you unloved Mm -hmm. that's good your faults don't make you unable to be loved you are able to be loved. And it comes from the understanding that God loves you anyway. Mm-hmm. So why do we rob ourselves of the chance to be loved? Yeah. Because we're robbing ourselves. Yeah. It's like very heartbreaking. It's like you're not even willing to give 
you know, anyone the chance to get to fully love you. Like you're already assuming that they're going to judge you. You're not giving them the chance. Watch this. You're not giving them the chance to learn how to love. Yeah. How to really love. You rob them. Mm Mm-hmm. Not just you. You rob them of choice, sure, if they don't want to be with you. But you also rob them of that well getting deeper. Mm-hmm. That agape love yeah. being refined. You rob them of it. And so many people are in these relationships or in these parental relationships even mm-hmm. where they, oh, my girl's so perfect. Or oh, even like in the so world, perfect. like you see it, like you said, it's like. The whole problem on social media is that yeah. no one's like, we're just in culture right now, is that everyone's pretending to be something, but no one's being themselves. Correct. Like, and I think we see there's so much. It's like the transgenderism. It's It, it, it bleeds into everything where people are disguising themselves, yes, right? Yes, And like, I think transgenderism is nothing more than like someone protecting their trauma, right? Like they're Correct. they're holding on to something yes. that is broken in yes. them. And they're... It's the Clark Kent glasses. Mm-hmm. But also in another way, it's like if you were to affirm someone, and I literally told somebody this. I said, you know what I would affirm you in? I said, I affirm that you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. I affirm that God didn't make a mistake. I affirm that you are uniquely made and that you don't have to tailor or or convert anything yeah. about yourself to be special. You are who you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's affirming. Because what is affirmations, right? I was doing affirmations on my way here. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is affirmations? I have power. I I am peace. I have love. I am love. I'm not con- I'm not I'm not saying something that is not true. Yeah. I am speaking truth to myself. And so when we affirm trans people, the way you do that is you say, "Hey, you're loved. You're not confused. You are just the way you're supposed to be, and we love you the way you are." Yeah, I think and that's a great approach. That's the approach we should be having. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, what we do is we focus again. It's so easy. We're human. We focus on the outcome instead mm-hmm. of looking at the problem. And yeah. the problem is they don't know that they're loved the way they are. We have to just let them know. Yeah, they fear that enough. vulnerability. Yes, of being broken. And I think in also- fear again, what is? ignorance of mm-hmm. not knowing so they just they fear not knowing that they're loved and yeah. we just have to come into every yeah. place of life and yeah. come with the abundant mindset and say you are just like you wouldn't if your friend is drinking seven days a week yes. heavily and she came to you or we're he came to, to you them. and they were like hey do you think i'm an alcoholic and you're like nope i don't think you're an alcoholic and they're like <laughs> literally they lost their job they're losing their house and you're like oh no i don't think you're an alcoholic i don't i think you are doing fine sweetie like yeah. you would never tell that to your like i would hope that you're not going to tell that to a close friend that's asking you those things because it's like why are we validating something that's ruining someone's life right like why would you want them to ruin their life in that right. sense i i i dare not say it but i personally feel like you more than likely probably hate them you don't know that you do mm-hmm but your behavior you're, is a, you're is leading them to their behavior. own destruction. Yes, it's hateful behavior yeah. to do that. Even or you care so much about how you look mm-hmm. that you don't care about their downfall, which means then in that case then yeah. you're just selfish. Yeah. Like let's say okay, you you told your friend that they're not an alcoholic. They're like, "Okay, great. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm just fun." Okay, so that's what they settle on, right? Sure. So they they keep drinking, they lose their house. Then then they get into DUI. And they're yes. in jail now. And they're yes. like, well, you said I'm not an alcoholic. Yes. And it's like, oh, well, now you're in a sticky, like they, they've gone too far, but you validated that and, and then, told them. And then what they're going to do is they're going to look back and go, well, who are all the people around me? Why Where are my come? people? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know what? Sometimes, who are my people? Sometimes love is the truth. Yes. Like love, love 
Well, okay, sometimes love is the truth. That's very interesting. I think that the truth is just the truth. We make the mistake of putting things on the truth. Yeah. We go, oh, hard truth. Oh, soft truth. Oh, no, no. <laughs> it's just Take just everything one. off of truth. It's just truth. Just one. Yeah. It's just one. It's just and, it's, truth. and it's okay. I'm like, not everyone's going to like it. Correct. And sometimes it's going to hurt, but that's not on you. No. Like you, we are called yes. to be truth tellers. Yes. We're not called to validate, to make people feel good. No. Like that's... Guys, if we were all here gaslighting everyone, like a like we can't live in a world full of gaslighters. No, no, we cannot. Yeah, like okay, you know what? The economy is great. Let's give everyone money. We're all rich now. Like okay, where is that going to lead us to? Yes. Very high inflation and our economy crumbling. So you wake up. Uh, what, what time do you wake up? Okay. So right now, I just started for two weeks. The last two weeks, but I'm going to continue. I now wake up at three a.m. And then <laughs> that's in the middle of the night for for a for lot the, of people. For the, most of the world, it is true. So I have to go to sleep earlier. My mentor put me on this, and he said, "Hey, I, I'm going to challenge you to this. It's been game changer for him." And so he said, "I want you to start waking up at 3 a.m." I was already waking up at five, so I'm like, "Okay, I already wake up at five. It's not too crazy." <laughs> but then, I, but I had the same thing. I'm like, three? That's." Three hours away from 12. That doesn't make it, you know, yeah. like from, from midnight. So I was like, this is, this is interesting, but here's what happens. So I wake up at 3 a.m. I pray. I meditate. Then I do affirmations all in that order. Then around like 3.45 to 4 a.m. I eat, <laughs> I eat breakfast, which is very interesting. <laughs> like eat a small breakfast. And then at four, what I was doing from 4.30, it was, I just switched it up just recently. From 4.30, I was reading a book. So I read from 4.30 wow. to 5.30. And what you do is you play on pot, on um, Spotify. There's this music called like alpha meditation. Mm -hmm. When you first wake up, your brain is in like an alpha state. It's very interesting. Well, what happens during the state is nothing else can come into your mind, really. Mm -hmm. It's just like, you know, those, that sounds kind of graphic, but like when it's like, <laughs> like, there's nothing there, but your brain is able to absorb. Yeah. Air, like, and a lot of people more. like, you know, that don't work out first thing in the morning, like they, they wouldn't know about this. They work out later in the day and then like, they never actually work out because it's like, well, all these things came up. Yes. Like, but like, like you said, like when you wake up, it's just like, your mind is like A to B. Yeah. How and, do also, get there? and also a lot of people wake up, they wake up to work mm -hmm. and it's like, what I realized when I started waking up at three in these last two weeks, I remember I told a friend of mine, um, he goes, well, that's really early. I said, well, I said, you know, I used to wake up to work and now I wake up to live. Wow. I wake up and I have five hours before my job starts. What? Like you lived a whole day before you go to work. Before I go to work, I have done more than everyone has done and more than most people would be able to get done mm -hmm. in my five hours. In my, and in my, when I say it's my, it's my five hours. So if anyone did this, like if you tried mm -hmm. it, which I, which I would encourage you to do, you do have to go to sleep earlier, but the weekend I can do whatever. So I can stay up late, but I sometimes like last night I still went to bed close to the round time because mm -hmm. you're tired. You're bed. <laughs> Now, mm -hmm. during the week, um, the goal is 7.30. Okay. Yeah. It sounds That's... crazy. It sounds crazy, but it's so interesting. What are most people really doing? Scrolling, watching Netflix, 
You're unproductive. Waiting to go to bed. Uh, listen, you're literally repeating the same habits to then continue the hateful life that you already have. And when I say hateful life, meaning most people don't like where they're at anyway. Mm -hmm. So if you don't like where you're at, you have to change it. And so when I started doing this, I'm already making massive changes. But mm -hmm. when I made this change, all of a sudden, what I do now at 4 a.m. to 5.30 is called creation hour. And so then during that time, I'm writing out my podcast notes. I'm writing who I want to come on the show. I'm scripting things out. Mm -hmm. I'm writing excerpts from my book. It's creation hour. I'm just there to create. Yeah, you're so focused. So, so focused. And during that time, I'm talking about you're just, just pushing through and you're catching, like you're literally taking years off of the progress that the average person has to yeah. make. You're taking years off because it's just about you. And then... And like, also, like, what else is there to do at five in the morning? <laughs> you're not distracted. Like, no one's, up, no one's not, texting you, no one's posting on Instagram. Not, no, exactly. And so then at 5.45, um, you leave. I go to the gym from 6 to 7, 7.15. Mm -hmm. And then... Wow. Over. I love that, actually. I like the, what you said about waking up to live. Yes. A lot of people wake up and they're I in a rush to get out the door. I waking up at 3 a.m. Wow, that's so powerful. I kid you not. I'm like, oh God, I can't wait. And I think you're right about the productivity thing. Like when you wake up that early, you don't have, you have very minimal distractions. Yes. You don't have all of this outside noise. I wasn't an avid book reader. Mm -hmm. I am digesting books. And I mean, literally gulfing them down. I had this one book that was like maybe 400 something pages. Mm -hmm. It's done in a week. Wow. Just done. And I'm like, and I still can tell you a lot of things about this book because it's there, it's absorbed into me. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh my gosh, like, you know, it's like, it's addicting. It's That's crazy amazing. addicting. So when people say that about like certain people and they're like, this millionaire, this millionaire's life, they wake up, okay. it's not a joke. Yeah. I thought it was, you know. Yeah, they say like sure, millionaires sure. wake up at 5 a.m. Like if you notice, like a lot of very successful people aren't just like, we're like rolling out of bed at noon. Like no they have their way. priorities straight. Like, no. how do you think that they make that money? That's how they got there. And they're highly motivated people. Yes. And they love what they do. And they love, mm -hmm. they love to live. And it's like, you, you want to maximize your you life. Wanna, wouldn't you love to live if you're living for you? Yeah. Not, and not even in a selfish way. Cause sometimes they can sound like, well, you're not living for God. No, that's yeah. not what it means. It means I wake up and I don't go serve a master. Mm -hmm. but I go talk to the master first yeah. off. Like, it's like, I actually work up with purpose and most people don't. They wake up to like, rushed. gotta go take the kids. Yeah. Gotta waking up to late. The They're like, oh, I gotta make it out the door in time. Like I yes. have to go to work. I'm going to be late for work. And it's like, you already have like, you have a busy mind this early in the morning. And why would you want to live your entire life? This just is like being, did you ever watch Dragon Ball Z? <laughs> no, I've heard of Dragon Ball Z. Okay. So what happened with in, within these animes when the enemy was coming, they would, they would feel their energy and they would, you would see this line go across their forehead and it's like, Ping. you know, this just happened to me. But what happens is I just realized is that what also, dang it, you had just said something that just, I shouldn't have went down the back track and balls of your lane. <laughs> but what happens is when we, when we, why would you, there it is. Why would you want to go 70, 80, 100 years hating waking up? Mm -hmm. When you wake up for work, you hate waking up. But waking up is life. Why not push it back two to three hours and yeah. wake up for you? Yeah. Have the faith wake you up instead of like living in the fear yes. of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be late to work. Listen, I have this project today. It's like I can go. To, I can go to work. I make good money, but and I'm going to be leaving that job. But it's like I can do that, and I and I can boldly say I'm going to leave that job because the faith that I am churning and working on during that yeah. five hours 
shows me it's like, oh, I'm coming from faith. here. Yeah, yeah, the whole hour. It's really a five. It's like a, it's a five hour block of faith. Mm-hmm. It's a five hour yeah. block of faith, and then you're building yourself up. And the reason and I will say, if people were like, if people would say, well, I'm not able to do that, I will say I started off first getting in the gym, mm-hmm. which allowed me to build up. That motivation. Resilience and just discipline. Mm-hmm. And when you build that up, it really, I think if you're able to go to the gym, you're really able to do anything. Yeah. It's a discipline. It's, it's all about discipline. Because who's going to make you wake up and just go to the gym? Like, yes. If you can do that and make yourself go somewhere, especially because like a lot of people aren't super thrilled to go work out at first. No. But if you can make yourself just to do it. Yes. Like, your mind's very powerful. Yes. And you, a lot of us need, just like a computer, a mind needs reprogramming. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we become stale and we forget that. And it's like, if you want to reprogram yourself for 2024, 2025, whenever someone sees this, Mm -hmm. this is the way to reprogram yourself. You're getting at seven, get up at five. You're getting up at five, get up at three. I'm going to get up at five. Three three is, are you getting up at seven right now? Um, I have been very, (laughs) I used to be like a 5 a.m. person. And then like this past week hit and it's like snowstorm, it's cold. I've been like abusing that. Um, But no, I do want to get back into it. It doesn't mean you move a lot. I go downstairs, I on my phone, I turn the heat up downstairs because Mm. I'm like, it's cold down there. I know it is. And I go down there, turn on the TV, Go to Spotify, put on my meditation music. Mm-hmm. I literally look like I'm about to get <laughs> sung a lullaby. Yeah. Have my blanket there, and I just sit there and I pray. Wow, I mean, comfortable, I- but I pray. And then I'll maybe change positions, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm meditating, and then I'm doing my affirmations. But that's what I'm doing. I'm still, I'm still in a restful state. It doesn't mean you have to be getting up. I feel like that's that's the tone. Like, like you said, you, you meditate, you pray, you start your day with peace. And I think that kind of sets the tone for the day, because if you start your day, uh, just like waking up and feeling stressed and you feel like you're rushed on time, you kind of drag that feeling throughout the day because there's never a morning where I wake up and I'm like, I'm rushed out the door. I feel rushed that whole entire day. Yes. And I feel impatient because I'm being rushed. And then I think that says a lot. Start the day with gratefulness. Start the day with forgiving. Mm -hmm. Start the day with joy. And then what you'll have is that as you go and start the day with being in the gym, because when I'm lifting weights and I'm lifting those 80 pound, 90 pound dumbbells, well, guess what? My job is not that important, meaning it's not going to, how much can it really stress me when I just had this weight that could kill somebody yeah. <laughs> on top of me? That's it's so like, true. I just did something that most, the average person won't do. Mm-hmm. So now I can do what the you average can person take can that do. On. I just take it with me. Yeah. So, I like yeah. that. Well, everyone is now challenged to wake up, <laughs> if not at 3 a.m., 5 a.m., start your day with peace, yeah. serve God and then serve yourself because I think that's going to lead you towards your purpose Mm -hmm. is that's not a selfish thing to pour into yourself as long as you put God before that. But like serving yourself will prepare you to fulfill your purpose and serve God. Yes. So that is a challenge for everybody. And thank you, Sam, for coming on. I feel like this conversation went everywhere, but it was really powerful and insightful. And my challenge is now to wake up at 5 (laughs) a.m. And and be more vulnerable. Monday. Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday. And then also be more vulnerable. Yes. Which is just knowing that you're loved anyway. Yeah. Easy enough. Yes. (laughs) Well, if you guys don't follow him, make sure you check him out. What is your at? Yeah, so my ad is I am Samuel Smiley on Instagram, and you can find me on YouTube at Samuel Smiley the Box. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on, and thank you guys for watching Girls Gone Right. Thank you. Take care.